welcome to another DBSA podcast. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books, and with me is Jane Litt from Dear Author. Today, we're also with Kristen Ashley. Yay! Kristen Ashley is a writer of contemporary romance. She had considerable success with her Dream Man and Rock Chick series, which she self-published. Now she's working with Grand Central, and her first book in the Chaos series, Own the Wind, came out last week. We had a moment to talk with her, thanks to the power of the internet, and she told us about her characters, her writing process, and where she thinks readers should start with her series if you've never read her before. There is some problem with the audio, and that is entirely my fault, though I'm not sure what I did wrong. When we were recording, everything sounded spiffy, but when I was editing, there were moments where the sound would skip or words would get blended, and I'm not really sure what happened, but I think for the most part you can understand the meaning of what we said. Either way, I apologize. And now, on with the podcast. Tell us about your new book, specifically what your what your favorite thing is about it. I'm sorry, you cut out there, so I didn't... I didn't hear that. All right. The question is, if two trains leave Phoenix, each going 45 miles an hour, I'm kidding. (laughs) The first question is, tell us about your new book. Yes. Oh, there's math. Just get ready. I've got really uh, calculus, algebra. You're, You're doomed. I lied when I said these weren't hard. No, this is easy. Tell us about your new book and specifically your favorite thing about it. My new book is called Own the Wind. It's the first in the new chaos. And the Chaos series is a spinoff of um, the Dream Man series, and Chaos is a motorcycle club. And it kind of goes forth from Tyra's romance from Motorcycle Man, which was the finale of the Dream Man series. And um, it's going to follow, I don't know how many books will be in the series right now, um, at the least four, or hoping more like six. And it's going to follow the romances of uh, brothers in the motorcycle or um, they call each other brothers, but they're members of this club. And um, it's with Tabby and Shy, um, Tabitha Allen, and Parker Cage. Uh, it's really a departure for me because I tend to write characters in their 30s and 40s, and that was really fun to, to kind of digress back to my case um, and, and uh, uh, create a love affair. Um, but my favorite part, I think, uh, I try to, to tell this without too many spoilers, is I don't think I've ever done a romance where the hero and heroine were friends first. And I loved building that relationship on that level first before it grew from there. It made the intensity of their love affair later stronger for me because they had established um, a very beautiful platonic relationship before they um in with both feet. <laughs> so, So that's what I loved about it. That's very cool. All right. Now, you seem to occupy, or not seem to, you actually occupy a very unique space professionally. You're both published independently, and now you're published by a large New York house. And you don't have a lot of company in that space, although more and more people are sort of moving into that territory where they have options in both directions. What do you like about being in that sort of unique professional space as, a, as an opportunity to reach readers what do you like about being both independently published and published by Grand Central? Well, I don't like to be stagnant in any in any way, including mentally. So I learn something every day. And I think I had 35 books out by the time I uh, started working with Grand Central Publishing. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot about. And um, and so I want to learn just learning about traditional publishing was um was something that I wanted to do. But also, uh, 
as a writer, you can't magnet at all. You have to you have to give readers what they expect from you, um, what your signatures are. You have to constantly be surprising them and giving them something new so they're not feeling like they're reading the same over and over again. And quite frankly, I felt like I was getting to that point where um, I just, I a lot, and I was writing, 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 and I don't feel like my stories were the same, but there were familiar, there was too much familiar in each book. And so it was nice to, to have a team, um, very experienced people, reading my books and um, inputting into my books and editing my books. You know, you think you can write, you can put a comma in the right place, and that you're using the right word, but you're not. And um, people noticed that. So it was it was very nice to have uh, uh, input into my books and um, very good editing and copy editing and fun covers. And now I have to both worlds where I have the freedom to kind of write whatever I want and take chances and, and risks with some of my work. And, um, but also work with um, the team at Grand Central Publishing um, to learn more about how to be a better writer and um, promote books and, and the whole process of traditional publishing. I had, I've had similar experiences because I write online and I don't have a word limit or a page limit or a limit at all. I can keep going as much as I wanted. And when I published two books, both times being edited helped me recognize things that I do in my writing that I was not aware that I did and I could correct them because I would never have seen them if a third person has, hadn't said, you know, you use the word just like every page. Every yeah. other word is just. There's no, there's not that much just in the world. You need to take that out. Like, I had no idea that this was something that I did, but you really learn something. You're right from working with another person. Um, what is your writing process like? Do you have a words per day or a pages per day or a number of motorcycles per day? Like, what is your writing process like? Well, it's 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 more when do I stop writing and um, I go down and get some food. <laughs> I don't have it. I don't have. A, <laughs> I I become really obsessed with my. I don't do any outlines. I don't write any notes. My stories play out in my head, and so if I don't get them down on a file, I start panic. And I just don't have the time to, to write outlines or dialogue that, that comes to me. It's like a movie playing, and I just have to type it out in description. You know, nobody sees me, and I, I roll out of bed, put on sweats, and start working. And, I, you know, I can, I can write. Chapters tend to be around ten to 20,000 words, and I can write four chapters in a day. And, um, but, but that is working from like five thirty six in the morning to 10 30 at night. I just keep going. So really it's more attempting to say at five, at five, and it usually is more around six or six thirty. you're going to stop <laughs> and have some dinner and, um, you know, relax a little bit. Have and you considered writing with IV fluids plugged in so that you don't have to stop? You could actually get an <laughs> IV and a catheter and you'd never have to leave the room. A couple of protein bars. You can write like five books a day. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I was a trans. I was a transcript back in the day. One of my many things that I did. So I type really, really fast as well. So you can keep up with your own brain. So, um, so yeah. But you have to be healthy about it. Yes. Can't get sick. Your readers will be really mad. So speaking of your readers, you have really excellent fans. Like eager, excited fans who are completely excited about your work and the word of mouth among romance readers has been extraordinary. Can you tell us about some of your favorite fan interactions? Well, okay. I, I'm going to try not to cry because <laughs> I'm a crier. It's okay. I'm a crier too. So if you start crying, I'll start crying. And then Jane will be like, you guys are both ridiculous. I think 
I've been writing for 10 years uh, as a hobby, you know, and I, I, every once in a while I tried to get published or find an agent or, or whatever. So when you're in the throes of writing and trying to publish, or at least for me, I, it never occurred to me that I would actually one day have readers. You know, in, the, in my head I was thinking, I hope one day I have readers, but I never thought, I never got point. I just kind of wanted to finish books and um, find out how to get them out there. And the end of that is people actually reading it. And so when people were reading it, I put a lot in my books. There's a lot of emotion in my books. There's a lot of personal parts of me in my books. A lot of my characters are based on friends and family. Um, and so when I started touching readers, not just readers reading my books, and they would, um, they have no problem communicating with me about that. I was just how truly beautiful this business is. <laughs> and um, I've had a reader tell me that um, she's been, her husband passed away and she um, has been completely dead for years and she hasn't felt a thing. She hasn't smiled or laughed or even cried until she started reading my books. And now she feels alive again. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting I'm choked up. And, um, and people have told me they've lost weight because um, of my book. They don't care that they're not losing weight because um, my Heroines are very strong. I've had readers that they've left their husbands that are cheating on them or beating them. It's huge. It's it's massive. And then, as a wordsmith, I should be able to describe how it makes me feel, but that's impossible. And uh, it just makes um, you know doing this a, a much more um, it's a hugely rich experience to connect with people in that way. My world just expanded in this massive way. And I love it. It's beautiful. They've helped me to achieve um, a dream I've had since I was a little girl. Um, um, but it's really nice to know that um, I give back, too. Yeah, romance is a very intimate genre because you're writing about emotions, you're writing about sex, you're writing about emotional problems. And I've noticed that readers very much gravitate towards the books and the authors that have made them feel things that they didn't anticipate feeling. And when you have a, a form of literature that inspires so much emotion, the interactions can be really powerful. They can be very, very strong. It doesn't surprise me that your, that your readers would, would tell you that things like that because that is something that really good, emotionally rich romance does for readers. It's a very intimate art. Um, what's a question that you get asked a lot by your readers? When's the next book coming out? <laughs> And since I wrote 145,000 words yesterday, it'll be out tomorrow. Yay! I just, I just, I just published um, Tabby and Chai, and, and um, everybody's like, when is Lainey and Hop coming? And when is Allie and Ren coming? I'm like, gosh. <laughs> so that is, that's the top one, is when, mostly when, when certain book, different series are coming out. Are there characters that you've written that read, readers ask about the most or respond to the most? Or is it sort of equal across all of your books? Well, it, 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 they come in categories. I think that um, Elvira is from the Dream Man series. Um, it is possibly my my even beyond heroes, my most popular character. And Tack um, from Motorcycle Man and Tate from Sweet Dreams um, are the are the heroes I hear about. And um, Lexi from Lady Luck is the heroine I people mention quite often. So those are the those are the top, but. You said earlier that you put people that you know in situations that you know in your books. Has anyone recognized themselves and gotten really mad or really flattered? Has anyone read your books and said that? Okay, I know who that is. I know who I know that person. I know that one. Who is? I know you did that. No. Have you ever gotten any recognition? 
Um, I, normally I tell them because a lot of my um, friends and family read my books, so I don't want them to be blindsided by me putting, you know, them in a book. Um, but you, but it's all characters I, are, are, it's all people that I love. So there's going to be love in that character and they're going to be a beloved character. So they're just going to feel that love. I just, my, I, my friend, um, that I based Annette, um, I did, I did exaggerate her, um, her personality traits quite a bit. And she, and she will brag that she's Annette, but she, then she says, but Annette's not really exactly like, <laughs> so she's, she's like Todd, Todd and Stevie are not um, exaggerated. They are exactly like that in real life. Then they were my neighbors back in Denver and, and um, Todd's birthday was, um, was on Monday and I sent him some flowers, um, emailed me and said, thanks for the flowers, love Burgundy. <laughs> I mean, that isn't even his drag name. His drag name. <laughs> so but now he says he calls himself Burgundy. So Usually people see it as the love letter um, that it was intended to be. This is a bit of a hard question, and it's okay if you don't know the answer to this one, but some of your readers call your books crack or Pringles, like you can't stop eating one, you have to eat the whole tube. Do you know what it is about your writing that's addictive? Do you know what do you know what your crack is? The crack in your writing, not like the crack in your pants. I'm not being obscene. Do you know what the addictive quality is that readers are finding or do you not look too closely at it hoping that it doesn't ever go away? No, because another thing about it is that what people get out of my books and what they like is is, is often very different, you know. So there's not a theme that is emerging. I think that I think that the possibility of, of it is is that I very rarely write about fabulously handsome billionaires who you know wine and dine their chickies on a, I, I you know I write about bartenders and bounty hunters and commandos and cops and and they I think that folks can put themselves in my book you know they they could meet a cop you know they could meet a bartender and um, you know or a, in, into a, a house they rent and running owner of a house, maybe that might happen to them. So I think that just being that little closer to fantasy um, could could possibly be why they they identify with it better. Um, but also, my you know my heroines aren't in their twenties, and romance readers aren't all in their twenties. So I think in your thirties or your forties, and you might still be looking or looking again. You think, well, this has happened for this character. Maybe maybe if I believed in myself and put myself out there, it could happen for me. Um, and I also don't shy away from life. Uh, you know, people commit suicide and people um, get raped and there is domestic violence and um, aren't, sometimes aren't the greatest and you live with the issues that they've left you with. And um, interspersing that with it makes maybe makes my characters seem more real or, or like people that they know like themselves and they might identify with it more. But truthfully, I don't know because there's a variety of things that, that folks talk to me about that they like. So, last question. I told you this wouldn't be horrible. <laughs> Someone, I know, right? Well, I'm going to get to the calculus in a little bit. Um, someone's never read your books, and they ask you, what would I like about them, and which one should I try first? Do you have a recommendation for who might like your books, which one they should start with? If you shy away from sex... <laughs> Given these you know, romance readers, we kind of expect that. <laughs> yeah. Or cursing. Um, there's a lot of cursing in my books that my books probably aren't for you. I, I, would, I always tell everybody, if they want to start with my books, they should start with The Rock Chicks. Dream Man was spun off of, of The Rock Chicks. Um, I interweave characters from all the books um, in all my books, but um, a lot of characters Rock Chick will be seen throughout different series. 
you could get a good um, foundation um, to jump off with all of my books. Start with Rock Chicks. The only caution I would have is that Rock Chicks, the Rock Chicks books are mad, funny, um, fast-paced books, and some of my books are more raw. And those books aren't, aren't any raw. They're 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 more about fun and family and and romance. Um, but that's where I'd start. I'm going to have to disagree with Kristen. Oh no, Jane, standpoint. Jane disagrees. Jane, which one do you recommend? I, I think she, readers should start with Motorcycle Man. I just think that the type of book that Motorcycle Man is is such a different book than you read in so many other romances. And not that the Rock Chick series isn't great. I've read the entire series, and that was actually my introduction to Ashley. Um, actually, it wasn't. Um, I had a friend that emailed me and said, you should read the Golden Dynasty. It's Game of Thrones fan fiction. Now, this might not have been... This is the way they described it to me, not that this is Kristen Ashley's version of Game of Thrones, because it's not. It's just... A, uh, Ashley hasn't written a lot of those um, fantasy books. So from there... I read at night what Katie D uh, had read. And it wasn't her favorite book, but there was something really magnetic about the storytelling. So when I went out and did a little more research, actually, um, people had recommended Rock Chick. And so I started that. But I do think that Motorcycle Man, people ask me what I should, what I should start with. I always say Motorcycle Man or Sweet Dream. And Dreams, I thought, was unique because of the type of story that was being told. And if you read that books, it's not unique for her. But if you read a lot of contemporary moment romances, I think it is really unique. It contains, um, like uh, Ashley had referred to earlier, over 40 characters. You don't see over 40, particularly women. Um, and the way that it starts out, the um, heroine is uh, Lauren, is... Um, coming off of a bad divorce, and she's feeling pretty bad about herself. Um, she's uh, gained a lot of weight. She stopped caring how she looks. She stops in this uh, town and um, gets a job bar and overhears who will ultimately be the hero, says a really nasty thing about her, and um, it gets her back up. And she starts kind of coming alive again. And you know, She's not only going to prove to this asshole, but to everybody else that she's a worthwhile human being. And so many times I think in contemporary romances or any type of romance, you see the hero and being by the hero. And in this book, you really don't see that. Lauren becomes her own person, maybe even in spite of um, the, the hero in that book. And her transformation is really marvelous. And um, I don't think that you have to you know, lose weight and join an exercise routine and dress really nice to feel good about yourself. That's what happens with Lauren. But watching her progress from feeling really terrible about herself to loving herself again is, I think, one of the great things that Ashley writes. So I think Sweet Dreams is great. Motorcycle Man has a little bit of the same movement toward it. But what's interesting about Motorcycle Man is, especially toward the end, you, you see clues about, the, or you, you, think, you learn things about the characters that Ashley has seeded all the way along. And so there's a really huge payoff for the reader. And um, I always say that Ashley is a great storyteller, but she's very good at plotting and seeding and foreshadowing events that will take place that will actually kind of make you want to go back and read it again because you to read it with the new uh, revelations that you've received as a reader. So those are the two books for the podcast listeners that I would recommend if you were going to start out. Sweet Dream, uh, Motorcycle Man. I really love At Peace, which is in the Colorado Berg series. And then Lady Luck, uh, because Lady Luck, again, and, and I think it's innovative, which is 
kind of sad this, but it features um, a half white, half African American uh, hero. And the way that uh, race is dealt in that story is it's really just well done because it doesn't matter to Lexi or anybody who is a decent human being, but the non-human beings target Ty um, because, in part, because he is half black. And I think um, it was a nice way to show that, uh, you know, how even casual racism can really ruin someone's life. Although there was more overt uh, racism, just casual. So those were my recommendations. Cool. It's very listen to why you like those books. What you like with those books. Maybe I'm wrong about what uh, readers are supposed to get from them. And that's all for this week's podcast. I want to thank Kristen Ashley and her assistant, Chaz, for helping us set up the interview and for their patience in letting us ask them lots and lots of nosy questions. Future podcasts are going to respond to all of our listener mail because there's lots of it and you're all awesome. And if you have stories or suggestions or you want to tell us about your favorite Kristen Ashley book, you can email us at sbjpodcast. That's S for Sarah, B for bitches, J for Jane, podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave us a message at our Google Voice box, which is 1201371DBSA. We also have a Facebook page because if we didn't, I presume that there would be some sort of federal case against us. And that's facebook.com slash DBSA podcast. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. This is by a group called Enter the Haggis, and this is called Martha Stewart. I'll have information about where you can buy this song and learn more about the group on the podcast entry on my site and over at Dear Author with Jane. And thank you for listening wherever you are. We hope you are having the very best of reading. 